0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also, be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Outdoor Edge introduces the all-new Razor Guide Pack. For more information, visit multrimobile.com.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Tonight, Andrew and Paul are here. Well, Paul's there uh, off yonder in
2: Paul work world. But Andrew is still stuck in the basement.
3: So. Oh, I'm here. Oh, you're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am, I don't know, half a mile from the Buffalo, Niagara airport. So if you hear something, I mean, the damn airplanes are landing right outside of my window. I did not uh, think that one through. But yeah, they're very,
1: very disruptive. So do you think that'll have yeah. to be a thing where it'd be like, hey, um, I need a hotel room. It's got to be podcast friendly, please.
3: yeah you know it was was funny as 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 soon as i walked in i'm like and i heard the plane i'm like well that's gonna if if the (laughs) start here
1: banging on the wall though that then we're gonna have to redo this paul yeah
3: exactly yeah Yeah. none none of that nonsense so (laughs) no man i i feel like i haven't talked to you uh a couple of days man it's been a while you've been out hanging in the saddle and doing all that good stuff man good to see you. yeah good to see you from afar so uh Yeah. yeah it's
1: been uh Let's see, the the adventures of Andrew's clown show continue, and uh, this weekend, after uh, well, I we did this talk with Brett Morris about that we're going to have today about filming your own hunt. So I got this idea while sitting in the stand the other night. I'm going to take this gear tie and I'm going to use my phone and I'm going to hook it to my bow. So if a deer comes in, I can record it. Genius, brilliant, right? Uh, total. DIY type stuff and it really wasn't too bad actually and and to the guy who left us the review about and said go blue at the end I actually really just wanted to watch the Buckeyes kick Rucker's ass, <laughs> ass from the thing and that
3: and this, yeah. but then it,
1: it was like oh cool there's a camera on that so uh anywho I had the 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 dough came out and man I wait like we talked about last week some of the things I was going to try to kind of calm myself I got a lot of that part done. It's like putting all the, it's like a golf swing. You got to put it all together and make it go straight and far and everything else. But like, so I had that where I was situated. Okay. She wasn't watching me. I got all set. I got the camera rolling. So now I'm going to be able to follow like the whole story kind of. And, uh, yeah, shot over top of her. So, um, I actually thought it was good, but man, it just re Re kind of reminds me of how witty these animals are. And I'm not a rocket scientist, don't even pretend to be one. But I had her at 15 yards. Okay, my bow shoots about six or 260 feet per second. So 15 yards is what 45 feet. And that deer somehow, in that amount of time, which I think if I did the math right, came out to like a fifth of a second from the time the arrow left my bow to the time it hit the ground, she ducked I don't know 6 or 8 inches. I mean, it was incredible. And when you look at the the video, it's not the best footage in the world, but it's like the Matrix, man. She just drops yeah. to like her elbows and this thing just like and then just goes um
3: They're amazing.
1: It it really is. And yeah. it just reminded me again of how hard it the idea of getting an animal in that close and taking her with a pseudo prehistoric type of weapon. It's I get it. It's much more modernized, but uh, there's still a high
3: margin bear.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. but it's okay. You know what? I actually, I was, I was, I was pretty upset about that, uh, but I didn't wound her. I was probably more upset with the fact that I went back the next day and sat for eight and a half hours and didn't see any deer. Um, there you go. R- yeah, rookie mistake but i had the opportunity i want to blow that stand out now before
2: the road. you're
3: not a you're not a rookie stop saying that <laughs> uh, well you're right uh just a dipshit so <laughs> <laughs> there you go but uh god we both are yeah so justin is our friend from the north I'm, I'm i'm i think he lives in ohio but uh he is the michigan fan that commented gives review justin appreciate you listening uh we'll see you boys in november here in columbus so yeah and Hey, Shout out. We got a bunch of reviews this week. So yeah, what was that, man? Yeah, it was really like five of them overnight. We got uh Mike Wright. Mike and I have talked on Instagram. Mike, thanks for listening, man. Thanks for the review. Appreciate you. Bo him, I believe I'm saying that right. Appreciate you, Bo. Tom. Um, yeah, Tom, and then and then it's time. And I'm gonna assume that it's time is is like uh Mickey Mariotti, the Ohio State strength coach that <laughs> always like yells like, It is time. That's so Mickey Mariotti. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you're not making anybody, feel free to reach out to us. And let us know if you guys want some free stuff, hit us up, man. Go wild Instagram. Get, get you taken care of, get man. Appreciate the support. Appreciate so. the, uh, the reviews. And that goes for the rest of you guys. Listen, you want to leave us a review, man. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So yeah, it helps us. And it does. An and, uh, out. you know, the best way to find us on social media, Andrew, go wild. Time to These go. guys. Wild, freaking right? rocket ship, man. Wow, we've had some good conversations uh with with the Go Wild crew the last couple of days. I've been I've been like just you know hiding under a rock the last couple of days and, and I, at one point I looked at my phone and there were twenty seven messages from from the Go Wild chat. And Brad Lattrell from Go Wild.
1: Greatest gift is, gift finder ever. His,
3: yes, his gifts, his memes are freaking spot on. Spot on. Like, I, I mean, he, the way his brain works in the meme wars or the gift wars, it's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. So but- they got a lot of stuff. They keep adding new stuff, man. They got a ton of, ton of skews. They're adding a ton of products. Their saddle hunting selection is great. They got A lot of stuff in stock. You join go wild $10 gift card, download the app. I believe it's on Android now or Derek talking about that on the blue river boat hunting podcast. Yeah. Uh, that that it was on, it was on Android. So that's pretty cool. But
1: the best part to me is this time of the year when you're on there and people are logging their trophies, um, which is part of the, the, the social media platform where you can log your trophies, whether it's, uh, you know, a bass you caught or a deer, it could be the biggest buck in in the state, or it could be, you know, whatever, you know, you got to fill your freezer. But man, it's positive, it's a positive space and people are supportive and and it's uh refreshing to be
3: it, it is, man. A lot of lot of lot of good things coming out of that uh out of that community. So Time to wild. dot com, Android, Apple, check it out. Well um and I sent you the other day, speaking of Go Wild and our
1: no. other partner in Tethered, Mr. Dan Matthews, who has no. the nomadic outdoorsman the second of, hunt friend of the show uh dude he's yeah. two for two so he's he's on a two roll right two. now he just he, he if i was him roll. i'd be like find some kind of massive game you know tag and go go three for three because you know yeah. gotta, gotta come he killed three a three. real nice
3: buck he in missouri did. and yeah he did happy that, for him man good for you danny out of his tethered saddle that he got in yeah. the wild so um you gotta get you back up in there paul i know man i i'm gonna have hopefully have some time this weekend to to get up and um in that saddle i don't know the one the one time that i had to to get out and hunt it was like super windy and i'm like i'm not I'm not doing that big fellow's not getting the tree hanging from a rope uh in a windstorm hard now so yeah I, I i will say uh very impressed yeah i one of our one of our listeners uh Took, took the leap and, and bought a saddle system, bought a tethered system last week. And, and he texted me on Saturday. He's like, man, I've been in this thing for four hours. and This is freaking awesome. I'm like, I know. I know it is. Like, I doubted it. And I was wrong. So, so and big I, fan.
1: big fans, tethered. Um, yeah. Was it tetherednation.com? The tree I was in the other day, uh, yeah. it's about, about a four-inch diameter when I'm up in the top. So yeah, that's, that's
3: awesome. It's, I, I'll tell you what the two, I like the smaller diameter trees. I feel like it's more versatile, right? Is that just me? It's uh it's just something different, you know, for yeah. a ladder stand
1: could never been up in there or oh, God. the branches no, I no. work around. I don't know if you can get a climber. Maybe I've never really done the Well, a climber you couldn't have, but the hang ons and stuff like that. So it's definitely like, we've heard people talk, Tony Peterson and stuff. It's a tool and it can definitely change your
3: your game a little bit yeah it's not it's yeah it's definitely it's not it's not for everyone and i respect that um yeah if, you, if you're if you're on the fence definitely give it a try so all right and you got something cool this week pretty jealous of it man i don't like to, i don't like to do this hard sell idea
1: uh you know i'm a first light homer but got my hands on a transfer pack okay that's their new backpack that they came out with this is this is worth the money. I'm hands down. If you need a backpack or even if you don't think you need a backpack, but you might be maybe interested, I think it's 81 days till Christmas. Uh, get this on the list because I've used a, a pack for a couple years that I thought was good, but in hindsight, this one has it all. It's got the built-in bow rope which I didn't use, but it's one of those things like if you ever forget your bow rope and you want to kick your own ass, like um, it's already there. You don't even don't even have to think about it. But it's got every tie down you could need, every hook. It opens from the top. It, there's so much space. I thought it was too big at first. I think I told you that. I was like, dude, this thing's like,
3: you okay. did. That was the first thing. You're like, this This backpack is way too big. It's too big. And then at the end of your hunt, you're like, this thing is freaking awesome. It's amazing because it cinches down. You know, you can like,
1: you can make it smaller, essentially. It's got the ability to go in and out. It's got this backpack or this internal um, area that you can put your, your stand or your saddle platform. It can hook your sticks on there. Oh, my gosh. I mean. Can you haul a deer out on that thing? Can you quarter it up, put it in bags, and haul it out? I think. I think if you were creative, you could, uh, it's definitely got enough support and stuff to do that. And God knows it has enough wraps and, or, you know, straps and different things got pockets galore. Uh, it's one of those things that you need to know where you put everything, because if not, it's probably in a hidden pocket somewhere. Uh, anywho, the ability to pack clothes in, you know, and so you're not sweating the whole way in that those guys thought that out to a T and a uh, big kudos to them. So
3: can't wait to see it, man. Oh, the awesome. Stop over the compound months and see, and see what you got going on. So we got any, we're any news from the state happening. I know the, they, the state released the first couple of days, not a full week, first couple of day harvest totals, um, Way more than I thought that they were going to be. Do you, yeah. do you have those on hand? You I, talked about that. I do. As of September
1: 27th, so we're about a week out now at this point. That was probably the first week of the season. 6,148 total deer harvested. And let's see, 2,270 of them were antlered. And 3,878 antlerless deer. So, Paul, what county is leading the way?
3: That's got to be Cushockton. Uh, Ashtabula. Oh, I even since Muskingham. no Trumbull,
1: nah. Trumbull County, Trumbull is damn off, Trumbull County guys is off to the the races. Uh, they they started the year off with 250. So um, congratulations to everybody out there who has filled that tag a tag, and there's probably many more since then. So, um, that was that news let me see what else i got here in my little news pile um i'm going to give you off some of these headlines and odnr has these articles on their website if you want to find more information but they've come out with uh, the fall color forecast of the leaves so if you're interested in that uh we've got an expansion of the epic mountain bike trail at mohican state park so if you're into mountain biking uh, Uh, no
3: that's that's a no for me I,
1: I paul i i know you're out there mountain biking all the time uh, um, God. they're turning an abandoned mine into the camping camping areas at, for the wilds
3: over in cumberland that's pretty cool that's a cool area i like that i like that area of the state a lot i like that wildlife area the old AEP lands that's cool man i'll take you out there you feel like um there are a lot of areas that are like wide open, and they're like rolling hills, and you know there's pockets of wood. I feel like I've never been out west, but I feel like you know what I watch on YouTube. That's what it kind of reminds me, like a little, little version of that. So yeah, we need to check that out.
1: But the uh, last sure. one I have here is urging um, people to be cautious during wildfire season. So I know, and especially if you're at where we're at, I feel like it rains every other day. However, as yeah. the, the leaves begin to fall. Uh, and plant material begins to dry up for the winter. <clears throat> that's a fuel source. It's bonfire season. You're out after uh, football games, whatever. Just, just be smart, okay. And the last thing in Ohio, that's not something we've dealt with. We don't want to deal with that. <clears throat> you don't want
3: wildfires ruining areas and stuff like that. So, yep. Be, be respectful. So <laughs> much Trying to see. I, I feel like we're going to have a wildlife council meeting coming up. Soon, try to see if there's anything. I just thought of this. There's nothing pertinent I'm pressing on their uh, on their agenda. It seems like so. Keep you updated if anything hits on that front. So yes, nothing, sir. nothing to the time. So did you see that? Uh, I thought it was in Ohio, but it it, it wasn't. There's was a backpack or a backcountry hunters and anglers event in New York, which I've been to. Been to some of those great people here now. Great, great organization bha check them out i did an event with those guys a couple weeks ago down in cincinnati awesome time john henry did a did a great job um there was a guy at one of these events that died oh, uh geez. over the weekend yeah he was uh they were at like some scenic river having a just a good old time man just a just a a, a social event and uh someone fell in the river an older guy fell in the river and, and drowned so that's oh, wow. that's sad man well, bummer news yeah. but well, keep uh keep safe out there.
1: So here's the deal for this week's episode. We've got a lot, kind of, and It's a fun one. It it's a lot of, it's fun. It is. And you
3: know what? It's like the Andrew Munch show
1: this week. It might be a little Andrew Munt show. So yeah. I apologize if you like uh don't like listening to my voice like I don't like listening to my voice. But You haven't gotten over that yet? No. <laughs> no. Uh <laughs> I had to do that. I did that Instagram clip today and I was like, I'm eh. so proud of you. I know, I know you are. I want you
3: to do one for first lad. I want to see that pack, man. Uh, we'll get something up there, but all right.
1: The uh, so what we got? We got a buddy, Brett Morris, and Brett is from Indiana, an Indiana boy over there, uh, southeast ish. But he runs a podcast, of so the Blue River Bow Hunting podcast. We've met Brett through a couple of ev- events. Great
3: dude, great dude, super down to earth. Yeah. Uh, came to our, came to our Dustin Huff live event. He did. He did. Drove all the way all over, all the way there. from Indiana. So for you guys that live in Lincoln County and didn't make it shame on you. <laughs> Kidding. Okay.
1: The, uh, uh, Brett is going to talk to us about filming your hunts. And like I said earlier, I, after talking to him and I, I, I've always thought it's, it's like so much of an investment, um, both monetarily and taking stuff to the woods and all this kind of stuff, but it doesn't have to be. So I think, uh, when, after listening to this, you might have some ideas on how to, You know, you can record a couple minutes worth of of a shot. And like I said, for me, it's just to figure out where you hit the deer or don't hit the deer uh, in in your pursuit of finding the animals and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, if the the footage comes out, you can share it with whoever you want. But that's kind of the meat and potatoes. Uh, But we've also got a couple listeners that we are going to highlight this week. We've got
3: the first
1: installment
3: of the O2 Hunt Camp.
1: O2 Hunt Camp. First two, I couldn't remember what you were calling it, um so I forgot that when I was talking to these guys, but it is it's the o two hunt hunt camp, so we've got David Brown and David took a stud I kept referring to it as the half elk half mule deer half white tail uh, because it <laughs> has such a weird antler um, unique we'll call it unique uh antler growth habit there. And David took that over in Eastern Ohio. So any over in Belmont County, I think is, is where he's at. And I, I forgot Paul, I was telling you when I was talking to him, he he tells you about how the, the hunt actually went down. And it was one of those days where things just, you know, that he, he he literally texted his buddy and was like, I'm not going to kill anything today. Everything's going wrong. And I've had that happen where, you know, I, one time I dropped my coat out of the tree and I think I was in a climber. So I was like, not, I'm, I said, forget it. I'm not shimmying down to get that. Well, I killed a deer that day. And then, uh, another time I, I walked into the stand. It had to been damn near an hour after daylight. And I'm like, this is stupid. I'm I'm not killing a deer, killed a deer that day. Uh, so (laughs) he, he had something very, very similar to that happen. Um, not advising that you go out and do stuff that you shouldn't, but sometimes it just works out so that was a really cool story and then our buddy gage hall on the other end of the state up in northwest killer gage
3: Hall, the deer killer
1: dude he's having a a year he got it back in the spring and uh he took his first deer with a compound so uh, he was excited and he did a really good job telling us that story so
3: what else paul i think I think from us, that's about it, isn't it? I think that's it, man. We've got some cool, cool episodes coming up. Some how-to episodes rolling your way.
1: Yep. And then let uh, us know what you
3: want to hear, man. Find us, find us on the, uh, on the, on the internets.
1: So. The.02.podcast on Instagram. But you can bypass that. Go right to go wild. And uh, O2 Podcast on there. We got our website is the O2podcast.com. We got some new shirts up there with that Ohio flag logo. That's kind of one of my favorites. The hats with the high hats. flag yeah it's pretty neat man and then uh, if you want to help support the show patreon we've got patreon.com slash the o2 podcast um, and I just want to be clear like Paul and I we when we started doing this we're not having any intentions of I don't want getting rich or trying to make this a full-time job right this is kind of a hobby something for us to do we love to talk about the outdoors and hunting and all that kind of stuff but we like to travel to to go to some of these events and to go see people and interview them and, and that's the kind of stuff when, when we're talking about um, you know supporting the show through Patreon or something like that. Yeah,
3: that's that's what we're the the kind of the end goal is there. So yeah, we're not taking that money and hunting elk out west. that, that is definitely not happening. Absolutely. We're trying not to absolutely. run our own personal bank accounts <laughs> on the ground. So we're, we're trying to stay married
1: and and not have wives up our up our asses about. uh you know, traveling all the time. So
3: it's damn right. We are.
1: Anywho, we will start the the episode here with David's story. We'll get you Brett's content on the filming and then finish up with gauge halls
3: discussion of his first compound kill. So yeah, good stuff. Thanks for the reviews guys. Keep them, keep them coming. If, uh, if you, if you shoot a deer, you shoot a you know squirrel pheasant, whatever, you have a good trip, a bear, a moose doesn't matter. If you want to get on the show, talk about your hunt, Reach out to us. Give us the reviews uh, on on uh, Spotify and Android and Apple. Man, we, we couldn't be more appreciative of those. And uh, if you have given us a review, reach out to us. Sounds good. So. Paul, safe travels, my man. All right, man. Thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Take care, everybody.
1: All right. So today we've got a quick update here from one of our listeners who sent me a picture of not only a beautiful deer but a very unique looking deer out of Belmont County. Right? Um, we got David Brown on on today. David, how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. How about yourself? Oh man, we're
1: we're good. It uh, it's Monday, and uh, I'm that many more days closer to the weekend to get back into the woods, but um. So tell us, David, where, tell us about yourself, where you're at, what you've, uh, what you've accomplished so far in this early part of the deer season.
2: Yeah. So I'm in, uh, Belmont County, Ohio, um, are out, uh, in the, uh, thick hill country of Ohio. You're, um, you're
1: that's East, right? That's like almost right on the Pennsylvania line or is it?
2: Yeah. Or, uh, all the way as far East as you can go. Okay. So, uh. Yeah, my uh, season came to a very quick end this year, but uh, that's uh, a good thing, I guess.
1: Uh, are you married? I am. Okay, so now your wife's gonna be like, "Great, you got all this free time because you've already taken care of business, and you can just hang out with us the rest of the year, right?"
2: Uh, I think that was the the first words out of the mouth. <laughs> order I had on the ground. You'll, yeah,
1: you'll learn your lesson, right? So, uh, <laughs> no, you you took down a, a butte, man, and when you initially sent it to me. The question was kind of like, is this thing half mule deer, half elk, half deer, or whitetail? And it, it really does have that look to it. And uh, if anybody wonders, let's see here real quick. We've got Brown underscore 35 is your Instagram. And then I think I put that picture up on our uh, wall as well if you want to take a look and follow along with the story. But tell us, David, like what – does this guy just happen to wander into your life that night or morning or whatever? And are you put in a lot of work and time on this or –
2: yeah, so we've got a, a pretty long history with this deer. We've actually got uh pictures um of this deer dating back six years. Um and probably probably more than that if I had to guess. Um but we think we've tracked this deer for the last six years at least. Um so we've got some history with him, that's for sure.
1: Is that how old you think he is?
2: Well, I'm guessing he's he's at least six is, is our as our best guess. Um I'd like to get, uh, get him tested and see what, exactly what he is. But, um, yeah, that's as of right now, that's what we think. Just going back uh, to date on pictures
1: is, um, man, he is unique. Tell us, tell us what, how, I mean, how do you describe it besides half mule deer, half
2: elk, half whitetail? <laughs> that, that's my best way to describe him really. Um, and that's how everybody else is, uh, you know, kind of going by too, um, but he is uh, he is unique, and I know when I saw him this year uh, on camera for the first time, my eyes just popped out of my head. Oh, I
1: bet jaw hit the ground. The um, yeah, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm looking at it right now. It's
2: it, it's. He's like... got the big eye guards kind of swoop down and come out like kind of like an elk would do, and he's got the big splits and the height like a mule deer. Yeah, that's right in eastern Ohio. So, uh... yeah.
1: All right, so you've had him on the camera for a while. Uh, have you gotten sheds off of him in the past? or
2: I have not. So this deer, um, every year he uh, shows up the first few weeks, um, and then after that he kind of goes nocturnal, and by the end of the season he kind of disappears. Um, last year I think around gun season was the last we had seen of this deer, um, right after the rut. And then didn't show back up until this year.
1: Was his antler habit similar in the past, as far as this unique look, or is it something that this year really just took a turn?
2: No, completely different this year, and that's kind of the kind of a unique story, I guess, too. Um, uh, that I'll that I'll explain here is how we didn't even really know what deer we were hunting actually um, until recently, and that's kind of played in part of how I got this deer on the ground. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So,
1: but in general, you knew if you were going to, you were going to get them, it had to be early in the season. So were you putting all your eggs in that basket then?
2: Exactly. Yes. So, so I guess I'll, I'll start the story from uh, going back to last year. Um, Last year we had uh, started putting cameras out and this deer was only in one spot where I really is w- was finding this deer he was we knew where he was bedding and some thick cover and right on the edge of this thick cover it opened up into a real big oak flat and lots of acorns every year um so we finally pinpointed him last year um and by the time we figured out where he was at he was starting to you know go off his pattern he was not coming in regular um It seemed like the first two weeks of the season, he was kind of coming in um, during daylight hours. And then after that, you know, come mid-October, mid to end October, that's when he really started to kind of go in and out and a lot of nocturnal hours. Um, So last year he was a real high, heavy eight point. Um, I mean, real high off of his head mainframe eight no stickers no splits nothing um and he was a really nice deer and if i was in the woods last year i was hunting this deer and it was a lot and never laid eyes on him once it seemed like if i was there he wasn't if i wasn't there he was it was kind of one of those frustrating deals um so after i ended up killing another deer um on another property uh come gun season um just because he was not after the rut he was non-existent he never showed up um so i ended up taking another uh another buck and this year we put out um cell cameras um and it kind of it really helped me that 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 cell camera changed that whole area and the whole process of hunting because we didn't have to disturb that area we put it back there once And he, uh, you know, we started finally getting some pictures of this deer. And honestly, we didn't even think it was that eight point from last year. We had another seven point in the area last year that was kind of messed up, real wicked looking deer, but he wasn't real big and we thought it's got to be that one just because of the messed up wreck. So as we're getting more pictures um, and and, uh, of this deer, we started thinking, man with with his height and his mass, there's a chance my buddy nicknamed him Big Daddy the eight point from last year is what he called him. All he right. said there's got to be a chance that this is Big Daddy. and just from going back to last year of what he was doing regularly, same area, same same you know same place everything and I started getting into my head that if this is him, then he's doing the same thing he is last year. I need to hunt him now before he disappears because he's probably going to do the same thing. Um, so I, I waited till the, till the conditions were right. And I, at this point I was still not a hundred percent sure. Me and a buddy of mine were saying, you know, it's almost got to be him, but he just changed so much from last year to this year. We, we, we couldn't say for sure. And he had no really characteristics that we could find that were real obvious that, that, pointed us to him so when i started getting daylight pictures of this deer i said we need to get in and hunt him and i waited for the conditions to be right i I went into when
1: when did did you start getting the daylight pictures
2: uh probably about two weeks week and a half to two weeks before season perfect i have to look exactly what it was but it was a couple weeks before season he already he had already shed his velvet Okay. at that point so i never got a uh, velvet picture of this deer um so i went to work on that morning and i knew there was a cold front coming through i knew there was rain coming through and i, I saw the weather and the rain was supposed to move out by four o'clock and i get off at three thirty, and I noticed the temperature dropped from like 64 to like 51 or something like that that day. And I thought, I got to get in the woods. And I had texted my buddy and said, I think I'm going to go hunting tonight. I think it's perfect time. I checked my wind. The wind was perfect. I thought this is probably the best time to go. Meanwhile, all day I'm getting pictures of my phone, on my phone, of deer all over the place, you know, at different cameras. and
1: then that just drive
2: you nuts? <laughs> well, yeah, as I'm working, I even got pictures of him that morning. Uh, fighting with another small buck i thought he's in the area you know it's good conditions i'm gonna hunt and my buddy's texting me saying man i'm seeing bucks all over the place i was seeing deer all over the place it's just one of those things that's like i gotta get in the woods it seems like it seems right so then it all kind (laughs) of went downhill i guess um so i thought
1: so, this so, was just to clarify, it was this
2: Saturday or Sunday last weekend? Uh, no, this was uh, this was Tuesday. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was Tuesday. This was, I believe, it was Tuesday. Gotcha. Yeah, sorry, the beginning of the, it was a work day. Gotcha, gotcha. So, I didn't, yeah, it was Tuesday. I didn't hunt the weekend at all because the wind wasn't right where I was hunting and I, I didn't even hunt it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so as I get home I hadn't had any of my clothes washed i had washed them the night before because I thought I might be hunting that week I went home got my clothes and everything got to the woods and it was probably four fifteen. and I walked back in to my stand and it starts pouring rain as I'm getting out and getting dressed and I knew it was supposed to stop it stopped while I was walking in and I just get almost to my stand, 50 yards from it, and I'm getting pictures on my phone of does under this acorn tree. And I thought, man, I'm going to bust these deer out. They're going to go blowing, go right into the bedding and screw up my whole hunt. So I kind of tried to get around them to where if I did bump them, they, they would run the other direction from the bedding. But by that point, I looked up and they were right there and they'd already seen me. They are blowing, making noise, stomping, everything. So I thought, man, that stinks. I mean, that, that could be my hunt right there. But I decided to go get in the stand anyway. I've seen crazier things happen. And I walk up to my stand. Big giant tree right in front of the stand at the base had fallen down. Busted up my stand. Knocked the front bar off of it. And I climbed up and short everything up everything was fine it was sturdy sat in it. so in this stand it's kind of in the open because i said i had some it's in the oak tree so it's real open in this area but there were some saplings that i've intentionally not cut over the years to go right to the base of my stand where it got me on perfect cover okay well this tree took all of them out <laughs> of course <laughs> so i'm sitting there and i'm looking around and i'm sitting in the wide open I mean everything around me is just wide open because I had no cover and I get sat down and I thought between these deer blowing the tree hit my stand took all my cover out I said this just isn't isn't going my way today and then on top of that I look down when I sit and stand I always look around see what's around me felt from my chest no binoculars left my binoculars at the house I was so worried about getting my clothes gathered up and my bow I forgot my binoculars so that was uh that was another thing so I just got done getting all my stuff on my mask and everything and I texted my buddy and said dude there's no way I'm killing a deer tonight I said everything's nothing's going my way I said everything's going wrong and he asked why, and I told him what all had happened. And I know more than sent a text message, locked my phone, put it in my pocket, and look up, and I see a deer. And I hadn't been in the stand maybe 10 minutes. I look up, and I just saw the back of a deer walking through the edge of this bedding. And it took him a while to pick his head up. And he picked his head up, and I thought, oh, my God, it's him. I couldn't believe it. I mean, 10 minutes, those deer were just blown 10 or 15 minutes before that, ran right where he was, and there he stands at 75 yards, right on the edge of the thicket. So he continued to eat acorns the whole way. And where he was at, I had several trees in a group, in between me and him and i thought if he can just come right through those trees i I don't need cover those trees are going to be my cover when he steps out he's going to be right in an opening that i'd already ranged and knew the range what's he do he walks right through the opening (laughs) where there was no trees and i had no cover so uh this deer kept going in and out in and out in and out i mean he was walking back and forth he'd come 10 steps to me and then five away, just eating acorns. You can hear him crunching and popping in his mouth. Um, and I mean, you can imagine my heart's beating a million miles an hour. And he finally comes in. It was actually, it felt like an hour, but it was actually a little over 20 minutes. That's that, that
1: it, time, time warp that happens when you're in the tree, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was, uh, I was like a stone. I wasn't moving because I knew I didn't have much cover and I, I didn't. The last thing I wanted to do was spook him. Right. So he finally turned and walked right through that clump of trees that I told you that he couldn't see me. I mean, I could see, I could see his antlers on both sides of these oak trees, but I could not see his face. I couldn't see his eyes. So he gets out into this opening and, and, and finally gets away from those trees and looks dead at me i mean he it felt like he was looking into my soul he was looking at me so hard and he finally uh just went back down to eating never never saw me i was i was uh kind of shocked so did you did did you catch
1: eye contact with him or were you trying to like look away or i
2: i was eye, eye contact the whole time okay
1: I always I never know what to do when it comes to that. It's like are they looking at me? Are they staring into my soul or what's going on? But
2: I know. I I was making <laughs> eye contact, but I didn't blink. I thought this deer's old enough and smart enough he might see me blink and leave whether he would or not. I don't know, but that was my thought in my head. Didn't blink. I was just looking dead at him. And he finally went back down to eating and finally fed right to where i ranged i knew this opening i had i had a a, a shot i i ranged the near the the closest opening at 20 yards and the furthest at 30 he walks into it gives me a perfect broadside shot i put the 20 at the top of his heart and the 30 at the bottom and i, I let it fly and it seemed like i just blacked out at that point i, I didn't see the arrow make contact. I didn't see blood coming out. I heard a pretty good thump, which could have been a tree or, you know, stump behind it. I, my my first thought in my head was I smoked him. That was the first thing that went through my head. And he ran off directly the way he came from. And he kind of, slowed down right before i i lost visual of him and he kind of ran off right down over the hill and i guess maybe it's me maybe it's everybody as soon as i didn't see him drop and he ran off i thought i just screwed this up i made a terrible shot i missed him you know i've got all kinds of you know second guessing going on in my head even though i originally thought i smoked him he kind of dropped when I shot him, and I couldn't see the arrow make contact because he it was kind of below some under undergrowth. Okay, um, so I didn't know what to do. I, I'm, you know, uh, freaking out at this point. I couldn't believe it even happened. Uh, eventually, I gave it some time. I called my buddy and I told him I think I just smoked this deer, but I don't know. I didn't see blood coming out. It was, you know, how the 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 panic at that point goes on. I know it all too well. (laughs) So I gave him, uh, I don't know, about a half hour. And I I told my buddy, load the buggy up. I said, I'm pretty sure I got it. I said, load the buggy up and and head this way. And I said, I'm going to get down a little bit and check for blood. I got down out of the stand and looked at the ground and there was blood everywhere. And that just was a sigh of relief right there. And it was, dark red blood Uh, the arrow was covered I you know I just knew at that point that between the shot I thought I put on him and the the visual of that blood I I thought I had a pretty good shot at, at finding this deer full pass through yes found the arrow full pass through um I shoot mechanical and all three blades were opened up and uh I snuck out of there, um, on a trail kind of opposite of the way he went. Cause I didn't want to bump him. And I went back to the truck and and I always, even if I know for sure, I put a great shot on a deer. I always give them at least an hour or an hour and a half. So we went and talked about it at the truck. My buddy showed up, we were talking about it. Um, actually had two friends come to, to help me track, um, uh, I always think more eyes are better than none and there's still rain in the area so that was a concern. Um, there were still clouds around us that we knew or, there was rain in and the last thing I wanted to do was wash blood away. So about an hour and a half and we could see rain coming. So we got back in there and it was probably by the time we started looking for him it's probably an hour and uh, 45 minutes and we tracked him about between 60 and 65 yards and, uh, he was laying about 10 yards from the last place I saw him. That's awesome.
1: So, and judging by the picture, it looks like you found him with, with plenty of light left in the day.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we did. So I, I shot him at like five Oh one. Um, and you know, an hour and a half hour 45, it was, uh, it was still light. I mean, we had, it was probably seven o'clock a little after seven when we finally found him.
1: So that's a, that's awesome. Great story. And great, great deer. And I'm I see the picture here with your little man. It looks like, uh, you know, he was pretty excited and that's, uh, I'm always, I love to see it. I love to see the, the youth and, and getting them into everything. So he
2: still, he still tells people about it. Oh. He's, he's like, all, he's all about the deer more, more excited than you are. So <laughs> he just, he, he, he loved to touch it. And that, uh, that meant a lot to me when he was just watching him with that deer. So I'm excited to get him in the woods one day. Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: well, uh, man, congratulations. That's a, that's a great deer. And, uh, I'm glad you got to come on here and, and share the story. Um, good luck the rest of the year. If you're getting going after slick heads or anything else to fill
2: your freezer or taking other people out. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm, uh, I got some friends that, uh, we're going to try to get deer for, and, uh, uh, I've got some family out in Indiana. I might go, uh, might go test the waters out there. I've never, never deer hunted out of state, but since I'm done so early, it's kind of bittersweet. I think I might, uh, try a little bit of out of state hunting.
1: Well, we had that guy, that Dustin Huff guy on at one point mm-hmm. and I guess they got, he, he found a pretty big deer over there in Indiana. So maybe, maybe your luck will continue. Um
2: yeah he was a he was a decent buck i guess
1: <laughs> oh shoot so well hey david i yeah. appreciate you coming on uh again it's uh Brown underscore 35 is on instagram there if anybody wants to check this deer out um congratulations
2: man thank you appreciate the invite hey good you know. luck on uh, your season the rest of the year thanks sweetie. appreciate it
1: and what's up everybody welcome back to the o2 podcast tonight i'm joined by our very special guest mr brett morris brett how's it going not too bad how about yourself bud oh man we are uh, living the dream over here week one of uh hunting season so uh, i think we'll release this next week so we'll be a couple weeks in and then by then you will have been out in the woods for your first go at it uh and you're over in indiana right
4: yep indiana east central indiana i'm close to like the uh indiana ohio border gotcha
1: so before we get going let's give everybody a little rundown of who you are what you do you know age date of birth social security number whatever you want to (laughs) share uh and and get everybody up to speed
4: uh well i'm brett morris Uh, i'm 33 years old i don't really want your social security number no, I won't give you that. <laughs> I'm sure you'd get me on that one. Uh, but I'm from, uh, East central Indiana, a little, uh, small farm town, Knightstown, uh, Indiana. Uh, I got a wife and a five year old son, uh, I'm about as blue collar as it gets. I, I work, uh, a union construction job out of Indianapolis, uh, five days a week. And then after that, uh it's time to get uh get my hands dirty or sometimes a little bloody hopefully. <laughs>
1: and and our our listeners can't see but you've got plenty of nice big racks on
4: the wall hanging behind you. Uh <laughs> so we know you know what you're doing there. Well, hopefully I get the to, to add to that and there's actually a couple that you can't even see and some turkeys back here too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah,
1: and we got we got to know Brett. Um you came over for one of our our shows where we had Dustin Huff um down at the Granville Brewery. So uh we appreciated that, but we got to know yeah. you there and through some of the Go Wild stuff and uh yeah, it always seems to end up... Uh, we're drinking beer, though, when it, when it happens. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, I think uh last several times we I've been around you, I think I may have had one too many, but it's always a good time uh, okay. to do so, man. That's <laughs> all good. So, well, Brett,
1: um, we've talked about this a little bit, and I was on your show there, I don't know, a few weeks ago, but tonight I want to talk about filming your hunts. All right, so... Uh, I talked about it on our show this week. You know, I had uh, a shot, and I, was, I woke up this morning and had your text messages. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, but where I shot a doe, it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. Um, it was not – I'm not real proud of that moment. But the mind that I have, like I, I have to understand why, you know, what happened, A plus B equals C, and trying to figure out those things through. And the only thing – I mean, your mind when you're going through the moment – At least for myself, it is very cloudy, and the idea of filming the hunt in order to be able to go back and relive that moment, see where the arrow actually hit, figure out what actually happened, put all the pieces together, did they move, did they duck the string, all that kind of stuff, Um, that idea really is something that I think a lot about, but it also seems very overwhelming. And I know when I'm trying to climb a tree and I've got sticks and platform and bow and this gadget and that gadget. The last thing I feel like I need is, you know, 10 arms hanging around and three cameras that I'm trying to fool with (laughs) and all this stuff. Is it looking at me? Is it looking at the deer? You know, so I know like most things that we do in the hunting world, you can do kind of dip your toe in it or you can go head first and or gradually grow your, um, you know, your equipment and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of want to go through, um, filming one Oh one filming two Oh one filming three Oh one. Talk about the equipment that's needed, the process, what to expect. And then, uh, we'll just see, you know, where that takes us. So you filmed hunts for how long?
4: Uh, this will be my fifth year filming hunts. Okay. So you've got
1: some good experience and, are you filming yourself? Are you filming others, or a mix of both?
4: Uh, a mix of both. I would say it, it's crazy. Um, you know, I have uh, we have our brand Blue River Bow Hunting, uh, and I'm basically a full time cameraman. But I do self film. It is very hard. Uh, just like the situation you talked about in being in the tree where you drew back and you felt like you you always kind of rush yourself a little bit, you know, when you add a camera to that, that is a whole nother ball game. So I wanted to take that pressure off of me or, uh, any of the guys that I hunt with and, and they do that for me too, but taking that pressure off and focusing in on just hunting and whoever's behind the camera is basically focusing on just the camera to get everything, you know, perfect. As far as getting our shots, like the one I sent you, I was just a cameraman that day doe came in, 30 yards and if you put your finger on the screen uh, of that shot when he shot uh, that 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 doe dropped every bit of a foot and that arrow went right up into no man's land Uh, we we couldn't find much blood very little blood actually saw her the next morning that we hunted that place so we knew that she was okay but it was kind of cool to see see that from our from our viewpoint you know Uh, but it's just it's it can be very overwhelming but I think if you're just going to start off in the filming just to see if you like it, do it with your phone. There's plenty of devices that you can get out there where you can just hook your phone into something, whether it be some, like a, a twisty tie type of thing where you can put it on a limb or in, maybe in your case, if you're saddle hunting, you kind of twist it around your sat, your tether or whatever, uh, your bridge and you, you know, just have that kind of view. I mean, when I first started didn't know where I was going. I, I didn't really for that matter. And it's just like anything else. I went down a rabbit hole, uh, explored as much as I could. Uh, I started off with a Sony Handycam uh, and, a, and a camera arm that creaked just about every time that I moved it. Uh, but we just uh, that's something that we wanted to do. Me and a couple guys. guys were like, hey, let's let's do this. If we're going to do it, let's do it. So we had, I think we had two years with the Sony Handycam uh, and hooked it up, had some incredible hunts. Uh, Our very first YouTube we put out, we had like two years worth of footage and it's not great footage. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It's not great footage. Some of it's not that great camera quality. Some of it's pretty shaky. I actually have a video of my cousin shooting about 130 inch buck uh, at 15 yards Uh, and breaking it all down was very hard back then because just the quality of it wasn't really all that great, but we started somewhere. And everybody has to start somewhere on that aspect. Unless you went to college to be some kind of professional cameraman, you're probably not going to know a whole lot about the equipment. Okay. So,
1: uh, let's, you starting with one one you're talking about having, using your camera, all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to visualize this. So I'm sitting up in the saddle and I've got my camera mm-hmm. or my phone. Okay. And I'm trying to position this so it's on the deer or do you position it
4: and, you know, that would you position it facing you? I would, I would, at first I would just play with it, with the camera facing the deer, get some footage. Maybe you, you don't feel like shooting a doe that day. Maybe you don't have any doe tags left. Maybe it's a smaller buck you don't want to take, just mess with it. You know, the deer's coming in, kind of get creative a little bit, maybe zoom in on a little bit for a minute, maybe, and then stop, stop your recording. And then start a new one and maybe zoom out a little bit, get th- get what's going on around you, and just kind of throw it all together and see if it's something that you like. If you get up there and you're like, "I'm not messing with this. I'd rather just focus here. I'm here to deer hunt. I'm not here to mess with the camera." Uh, and I get that. I I've, I went through that little spell. Uh, I, I took a trip in 2020 to Buffalo County, Wisconsin, the best county. Pope and young Boone and Crockett in the, in the nation. Uh, and I had a, a 130 come in, uh, and, and my camera arm wouldn't swing anymore. Guess what I did? I forgot the camera turned around on the other side of the tree and I shot the deer. Uh, I was not messing around with it at that time. I wish I would have had a cameraman, but, um, I would say just dip your toes in it, man. They, they make devices, uh, that are kind of like a camera arm or you could get an actual camera arm that fits your phone. There's adapters. Uh, but, just messing with your phone i mean iphones take excellent excellent video probably better than some of those sony handycams and stuff like that but i would just mess with it and then maybe before uh you know when you first get settled in in the stand or the saddle or whatever you're hunting turn it talk to it for a minute you know get used to having your face on there and some people get really clammed up uh on that thing me being one of them when i first started doing it I felt really nervous and almost felt stupid to do it. Uh, and then I broke that uh, that cycle and, and became more comfortable having my face on there talking. What's going on? Hey, it's October 2nd. Uh, we're here in Indiana, central Indiana. We, we're, we're chasing a couple big boys in here, whatever. And it's kind of cool because the people that I film, I can see that progression in them. At first, they were really nervous to be on camera. And now they're naturals at it. And that that's just after a few years of doing this.
1: Okay, so let's just say I'm not super comfortable with my phone, but I know there's some things out there. I'm going to use brand names because I think it makes sense and people will be able to relate. But like, Tacticam has some instruments. Like in my mind, the thing that goes on the end of your bow or your gun. Uh, what do they got a 6.0 camera now or something? Yeah. I mean, the hell they got the the stabilizer thing where you can just screw it right in. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I mean, what, what are your opinions on something like that? Because to me, that's... that's
4: perfect. I mean, to get the dip your toes in it, that something like that is perfect. A tacticam, maybe even a GoPro. I mean, a GoPro is a wide angle lens, though. So it's really hard to like you're not going to get that big zoom in there. And like if it's at a deer that's 50 yards away, it's probably going to be pretty hard to see it in there. Uh, but they make all kinds of uh, a smaller devices. They actually make ones that are like just for like social media type of people like content creators uh, and they even come with like external mics on it and they're very small uh, but they all usually have a, a connector on the bottom where you can screw it to something adapters and that kind of thing uh, and I would just mess with something like that if you're going to dip your toes into it and a uh, Tacticam is perfect to get started um, sometimes I haven't seen the newer ones but some of the older ones that the, the video on it is just a little bit blurry but it's no different than me using it when I started with the Sony handy cam it wasn't very clear either but um getting those shots with your bow is perfect and i'm not telling somebody if they start off if they want to uh put their 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 content out there you know if it's a two or three minute clip of the 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 deer coming down the trail and then you shooting it that's perfect to start off with that's just a baseline if you want to take it further if you think hey this is awesome this is all i need i just want to uh, capture that moment of me shooting something or harvesting an animal or whatever. And and you can turn the camera back on when you're, uh, you know, blood trailing, uh, on your bow and hold it or, or whatever, a certain way. I mean, the endless, the possibilities are endless with something like that. Or you, you know, you you do the same thing and you have your buddy use his phone to film you and then have him send the video to you or something. I mean, there's so many ways to dip your, dip your toes in it for sure. Yeah.
1: And I think Tacticam does do a nice job of having those mounts and stuff. They make it idiot-proof, right? Yeah, um, right. Although I did have one last year, and I was screwing around with it because for exactly the reason that it happened the other night. Of course, the other night I did not put it on because I stripped the Allen wrench bolt, whatever, and mm-hmm. I couldn't – whatever, that's another story. That's because I'm, <laughs> I'm a moron. But the – uh The first time I tried to use it, I I hit the button to start recording. I was hunting on the ground, which I never do, but happened to do that time. And it's got this like blue and green pulsating light and it was dusk. Well, guess who saw that blue and green pulsating light? The the deer
4: that was 15 yards away, 20 yards (laughs) away. I was like, oh, well, we're done here. So it's it's funny. I actually, and I'm sure we'll get into it with the, uh, when we we go to uh, 201 and all that, the camera that I actually use has, when I hit record, it actually has a red light. Uh, on the top of the camera, I take a piece of black electrical tape and even it being an expensive camera, I stick that black electrical tape right on there because I do it for, I use it for turkey hunting and stuff like that too. And I don't want anybody to see that red light. <laughs> right
1: No, And that's definitely, that's one of those things. I think you're once you, once it happens to you, once you, you realize it, right. And you're not going to <laughs> happen again. So, um, okay. So starting basic, you know, just messing around with your phone, maybe a tacticam cam package, something like that um i'm sure there's other ones out there yeah we're gonna stick the next step okay and i don't know what that looks like i don't know I, I would assume like the highest level it's when you've got a guy hanging next to you in the tree with three or four cameras going so maybe this is kind of you know guys that are trying to put together youtube clips and okay. they want to uh, have a couple angles they don't want to sync $2000 into this but have something that they'll be get enough footage from that they can um you know put something together to upload into YouTube. Is that a GoPro? Is that your Sony Handycam? Is that a combination of that and your phone and tactic camera or something like together?
4: I would say either um I I won't go too deep obviously just yet but um I would say like a consumer camcorder uh and there's endless endless uh uh tools that come with that whether it be an external mic uh whether it be a remote um you, fluid head i don't <laughs> i know it's hard for somebody that don't really know that sort of thing um uh, but they, they have uh, cheaper consumer cameras that you can start off with uh like there's one i think it's called like the g50 or 500 i can't remember the exact model now but it's like a uh, base model around uh five to 800 bucks somewhere right in there if you're really wanting to uh, start to dive deep a little bit um, you could start with a DSLR, which is basically a really expensive camera um, as far as like taking pictures, but you can switch it to video mode and that and you can have external mics on that. So when I first took that deep dive uh, before I went really even deeper than that, I had two camera angles. So on my camera arm, which holds a fluid head, which holds my camera. And then off of the fluid head is like a, a handle. And I put a remote on that handle. Uh, I can hit record. I can focus. Uh, I can zoom uh, everything off this remote. And I don't have to be right up on the camera. It takes it to a whole nother level. Uh, you can sit back. You know, you're, you're not a whole lot of movement. The only thing it really moves is my wrist. When I zoom in and out or I hit record, very little movement. And then I also have a GoPro either attached to my hunter's bow, gun, Uh, sometimes I even attach it to the camera arm, but I, I tilt the GoPro down where all you're going to see is the hunter standing there in his stand. Sometimes I even face it to me. That's a cool view. Sometimes seeing the cameraman work his angles and, uh, try not to get busted by whatever it is you're chasing. But, um, I'd say for, for something like that, consumer camcorder would be my personal preference to go with. That's what I did. Uh, DSLR is probably even a step ahead of. Uh, what I'm talking about, because they got—I mean—you can go really deep on one of those things. So, your
1: arm and your fluid head and your camera. This is—I mm-hmm. mean, what is the I, I've seen them at at ATA or something, but it's—it's just—you um, know—is it connected to the tree or something somehow? Yeah, and it, you can it, swing it, it and and move it however you need. It's to. usually
4: got a, a base which is attached to the tree, and then you put the arm in there. And depending on which one you have, it can either. Uh, swing out a couple times, or maybe even three times to get get out there. Uh, but it's giving you that 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 flow of, flow of motion uh, without being jerky and stuff like that. And that your uh, fluid head comes a lot into that too as well, keeping everything really smooth. Uh, but it's it's keeping everything smooth as far as moving your camera. You know, if you have it in your hand, you know it's choppy, you're shaking, whatever. This keeps everything. So solid, especially some of those camera arms are pretty thick uh, in material, so it's solid to keep your camera steady, uh, and it really capture helps you capture great footage, in my opinion. And so, I'm just bear with me. No, you're fine, buddy. The, I know it's a lot.
1: The camera's moving, right? And you're you're doing this, and you're, you're keeping the, you're filming the deer or the animal that's walking. Out. I, I'm going to assume we're talking basically archery deer at this point, right? That's where we're at. And you move it and you keep it going until the, you get it you know, the animal stops. Right. And then, you know, at that point you, you, you leave it and then you go into your, your draw and, and all that kind of stuff. Now I, I what happens if the animal moves, then you have to back draw or is this one of those times where you say, all right, I'm here to hunt. I don't care if I get the footage type of thing.
4: It just depends on what kind of, uh, uh what kind of patience you have. I know I've seen people at full draw. Uh, with their boat and they would kind of move it with their elbow or their hip, depending on how high you have the camera. That's what makes self-filming so hard because you're trying to balance so many things. I mean, you put a a 150 in front of you and you try to get those things done. That is not an easy task, especially if you're shook up. I mean, that's why having uh, uh, a buddy with you to film you. I mean, my buddies, they don't know it, but they get really lucky having a full-time cameraman all the time. Not everybody just gets that sort of thing, (laughs) right?
1: So the, uh, (laughs) you're, you're, you're right about that. Uh, (laughs) yeah, I'm just trying to think, man. I mean, when I, I've, like I said, I've thought about this idea. I'm, I'm nervous to make the investment because I know just like it happened last week, my brain blanks out. Like the last thing (laughs) thing I think I could handle is the idea of, is this deer in the camera? It moved. Okay. I got it. You know, messing with all that stuff it boggles my mind now on the flip side, it might be something that helps take my mind off of, you know, rush the shot and shoot this, you know, and, and really makes me focus more on what's going on. I don't know. Um, I, I'm That's not such sh- a
4: difficult situation. I know what you're saying, man. I got a buddy. Um, he's had some incredible encounters on several different things and he almost blacks out. I, it's, it's funny to say that we joke about it, especially when we do a little bit of waterfowl, waterfowl hunting, you know, we, some birds come in we drop three or four. I'm like, how many did you shoot, man? He's like, I don't know. I blacked out. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> I know, I know it's a special thing. And once you've been in that opportunity so many times, I think, or, uh, adjusted to that moment, man, I almost get to myself and I get in my head too. That's why I text you this morning. Cause I was like, I got to help this guy out because I know I've been there before a million times, man. You almost just have to like talk to yourself uh, in your own head and say, calm down, calm down. Everything's fine. Just take it slow. You know, let's get adjusted. Let's get, you know, draw back, get your anchor point and then just try to focus in on from there. And and it can be very difficult, man. And then you add a camera into that. Uh, It can be really hard, but I would say, uh, you might, might be onto something. It might help you focus a little bit more.
1: Yeah. If give you something else to think about besides just, Oh my God, I gotta get this done. Um, and I'm, I'm with you. I think, uh, you know, this was our opening weekend and as the season progresses, I personally, cause I've had this happen in the past. Um, just the rushing of the shot, not necessarily the pass through that didn't kill the deer or left me without the ability to find her. But, uh, As time goes on, I think the season gets going. I'll calm down a little bit. So I'm hoping that also helps or happens, but Mm -hmm. anywho. So that's kind of that mid range. So we've got the camcorder, the arm, uh, the GoPro, where are you strapping that GoPro to?
4: Uh, I have one. that almost has like, like, almost like it looks like octopus legs. Okay. And I can just kind of like wrap it around stuff, whether that be, um, the, the armrest of a tree stand, Or uh, like I said, I I wrap it around my camera arm um, or there's attachments where we put it on um, uh, his gun or bow and I can actually control that GoPro through my phone uh, so I can start hitting record on there. And and that's me handling a big camera with the remote and my cell phone in one hand, trying to do all of it at once. Sometimes that can be um, a task at hand, but I think uh, something that I kind of missed talking about in this second step. Um, is an external mic for one of those cameras. It can make a world of difference for, for audio. You know uh, that the hunt I was talking about in Buffalo County, Wisconsin. It was October. There was six inches of snow on the ground. Um, I had a, a basket rat come in and chase a bunch of does. You can hear him running through the snow. He makes a scrape. You can hear every inch of the scrape he's making. He grunts four or five times, and you can hear everything so vividly. And I don't know if the camera without the external mic would have caught it that vividly. And it really paints a picture for somebody watching it and like, oh, my God, did you hear that buck running through the snow, chasing these does around? It just I think an audio can make a world of difference, in my opinion.
1: And you know what? That's funny. I would have never thought that, you know, and I watch enough of these videos and I guess you kind of take the sound part for granted. You also I again when you black out and you don't even not, you have no idea what sounds are being made. Maybe I don't even realize like in real life, there is actually, um, stuff happening, but now, with the external mic and stuff. Are there other times where that kind of can be detrimental as far as you have a lot of wind or anything like that?
4: Well, it could be. Um, but most of the, um, external mic, um, models come with, um, it looks like a big woolly thing over the top of it. It's just a cover for the actual mic. Uh, They have like styrofoam that it's usually on there and then they have like the wool that you can put over and it's supposed to stop that noise. You still get a little bit of it sometimes if the winds are that strong. Um, but I think painting the picture for somebody audio wise uh, through, through that mic can make a world of difference and make that video so much better, I think. Yeah. All right. So to get this We'll call it the, you know, the two Oh one
1: package. What kind of dollar frame are you looking for something like this? Because the first go around, if you're doing a tacticam type thing, I think, what are you three to 500 bucks or, you know, obviously if you have your phone with you, that's not an added expense. Uh, But if you're in the second range, what are are you thinking?
4: We'll say let's, let's go base model. Let's go 500 for the camera. Let's go 125 for the camera arm. Another 125 for the mic. Uh, the remote, I got mine off eBay actually for like 30 bucks. I think they normally around a hundred. Uh, so you're pushing, I mean, if you're, uh, you're pushing a thousand dollars, you're pushing a grand for that, uh, secondary kind of setup. You better be making some good videos. Uh, it it does and no no i i'm just saying
1: that's that's what my wife would say right like uh, if you're going to do this you better damn well make some some good videos
4: well just do it like i did uh when i got that secondary set up before i went really deep into it um i I wrapped it up i said can this be like a father's day slash birthday slash everything for the entire year
1: (laughs) i'm with you man i like that i like it and but see in my world i would justify it too i'd be like uh I'm going to record all of the birthdays and the <laughs> holidays and the kids sporting <laughs> events and all that. You got to you yeah. got to have that weird justification. It that just that's what I sh-
4: used that I think actually. I think I did Christmas morning one year with it and then after that I was like I'm just going to uh take in Christmas morning in my mind cuz I don't want to be focusing on this camera while everybody's opening presents. Right. Right. Oh shoot. <laughs> that's great. Okay. Now let's go to the next level.
1: And maybe there's more levels than this, but for me, this is, this is how it's going to be. It's going to be, you know, one, two, and three. And now when I'm thinking about this, um, I'm talking your level videos with a cameraman. I'm talking the guys that do the hunting public stuff, Dave Owens, some of these other guys that are out there putting out a lot of content. Um, and I'm not saying it's, it's not Hollywood quality, but it's definitely watchable. It's enjoyable, entertaining, all that kind of stuff. I, I think, to me, uh, the biggest thing would be the fact to actually have somebody filming you. Um, For sure. But, like, Parker McDonald uh, does... I know some of his stuff is, is very... Uh, um, you know, solo based, and he what's he got that three sixty camera? Thing? Yeah, those
4: things. I don't have one of those yet, but those are those are bad to the bone. They actually have like a uh, like an extender that you can ex- extend it out past you where you're sitting, and it's basically like a three sixty view of you in the stand, which is incredible. I need to get one of those. How,
1: how the hell does it work?
4: I don't get it. I guess I don't understand it completely, to be honest with you. I don't understand how a um you know what, what would seem like a, a one eighty lens type of situation can, can get all the way around i don't fully understand it either to be honest with you
1: is it like a ball does it look like I, a ball or what's it look like
4: i've seen some that actually look like sticks almost looks like a, a fat deodorant stick and, and i saw a video today this guy uh was holding it in his mouth and it it kind of cut part of his jaw off and it looked like a little t-rex running <laughs> <around>. <laughs>
1: oh that's funny so uh but if you got a cameraman right now this is, there's more than just the filming that goes to this because, and really with any of this, because you got equipment that you're taking in the woods. Uh, like I said earlier, I already feel like I carry half of my life with me. Um, but when you got a th- another person, you guys set, let's just say four sticks to get to the platform. Then do you set like another stick to get up to a higher platform? Or are they sitting at the same level as you are? Like, how how are you guys doing that?
4: Well, this year is going to be the first year where saddles are involved in, in some of this. Uh, this is kind of our first year with the whole saddle situation. Uh, but prior to that, um, all of our we hunt, well, I'll say 95% private, not 5% public. Um, and before, and we set these, uh, our preset hang ons, we hang two stands. Uh, so we we go up, we'll say 18 to 20-something foot off the ground, set one um, one hang on, and then from the other hang on, just at a different angle, depending on that the shooter is left-handed or right-handed. Uh, if you're, uh, a, say, a, a right-handed uh, guy, you're, most of the time your bow is going to be on your left side because your left hand is what's grabbing your bow. So I'm going to be to your right, but we just hang it, uh, we'll say, three foot above you um cuz I would just be able to step from one stand to the other or pull myself up or sometimes we'll put like a screw in step I can grab a hold of and pull myself up onto it um but it it makes that angle uh especially when like after he shoots something or whoever I'm with shoots something and you know the deer runs off and I'm chasing it and then I back it out and go to to him there and you catch all his emotions uh I, I'm above him and it's just kind of cool especially when we do like uh interviews Uh, pre-hunt or maybe even post-hunt all he has to do is look up and talk to me Uh, we're not struggling to do that sort of thing but um, i would say when you go to step into uh, that sort of thing preset hang-ons are awesome Uh, it's going to make things so much easier you go in you get up you do your thing Uh, you know when you go to set all your audio equipment that takes a little bit of time too Uh, so you kind of got to put that into play i haven't i've only done it uh, let's say Five times now, including my Kentucky hunt and the youth hunt, doing it out of a saddle. Uh, And it did take me a little bit longer, which I'm sure I'll get faster at doing that as the season goes on.
1: Yeah. The whole saddle thing, it it definitely gets faster. Like anything, you get the more used to it and, you know, how to, what works, doesn't work, all that kind of stuff. Um, Man, I just lost my train. I
4: think that the saddle honestly is going to change our, uh, our private land up quite a bit. So what I just explained to you, we have two hang-ons and all these trees. With the saddle, I can set my platform up off of the hang-on. So, hey, let's let's move one of these. Let's go move it somewhere else and have a whole nother setup. So we may have three uh, stand locations on a property that all have two stands. Hey, let's split this up. We don't really have a, a stand for a, a, a north wind or something. Let's go set something up up there, up off the uh, off the ag field or down in the bottom or along the river. I mean, your our in, our possibilities seem endless when we add the saddle to the equation. Like this past weekend, it was U season in, here in Indiana. Uh, the kid that I took, uh, I was with his dad. Is one of the guys that I film most of the year, and uh, they had preset hang on. So I just went up, got up in his stand uh, put my, uh, platform, got my stuff, got together. And as I did that, the youth hunter made his way up. This kid had the biggest set of cojones I've ever seen on a kid. So it's youth weekend. They're allowed to use rifles, shotguns, whatever. This kid brings his bow and says, I'm getting it done with a bow this weekend. I'm like, "Awesome, man, (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. Did he get it done? He didn't. This is the first year in three years. Uh, I've, film them guys and this is the first time in three years we haven't got one down on youth weekend mm. which i thought we would have the weather it was kind not, of prote- it was it helped good. us out i thought if it's anything like ours it was good but the uh
1: do you ever film when you're filming something? you ever film from another tree
4: uh i have before back when we used climbers a little bit on a couple different properties we actually had a had it made in this one spot there was two straight trees right next to one another Uh, we went up, basically sat almost right next to one another. Uh, we got drawn for a a state park reduction hunt one time where we hunted three to four foot away from each other. Um, and it almost made communication a little bit harder, but we were so used to hunting with one another. We kind of knew what each other was kind of thinking. And that's a whole nother thing with the second step, um, that most people probably wouldn't understand, uh, unless you went through that, um, when you're with somebody and you film that much uh, and you're with somebody that much, you almost have to have a special kind of friendship uh, to be able to handle each other that much, you know, and be able to think the same things or have different or the same approaches to things. And uh, I think you have to have a kind of a special bond to be able to hunt that much together.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's, there's lots of benefits uh, to having somebody filming for you, obviously you don't have to worry about that. You got i I would imagine the, probably the biggest benefit is having another pair of eyes where, uh, you probably see more deer that way. Yep. And, but what are the downsides? Like, obviously you got another person sent, you got somebody else in there. That's, uh, could be making noise. You've got more equipment banging around. Those are the kinds of things that would make me a little bit hesitant on that side of it. But what are, what are some things you guys do? I mean, you said you had to have that kind of special connection and, and know each other and, you know, you're not going to take, uh, somebody out that, you know, is going to screw the whole area up, but <laughs> right. like,
4: what are some of the things that you do to, to avoid the potential downsides? I would just say work together better. I mean, I, I would say another down, downfall of that is maybe trying to, uh, sneak in someplace, maybe an evening hunt. Uh, and you're trying to make it uh, uh, your way in there. Maybe you haven't had any rain or anything like that, and the leaves are real crunchy. Uh, you got a whole other set of feet coming in there. Uh, every, something like that can be hard. The scent is definitely um, another thing that would be a huge downside. Um, some of the guys that I film use like uh, uh, ozone and all that kind of stuff, which makes it difficult uh, on the filming aspect. You don't really realize it, but I did a, a video during gun season a couple of years ago uh, when I went back to edit all my footage, there was this really weird sound. It sounded like there was a diesel truck at the bottom of my stand. I kept thinking, what is that noise? That humming. It was, it was the humming off of the, uh, the ozone creator, yeah. but you know, um, I wouldn't say there's too many downsides to that. Um, I would say there's more benefits there is than downsides for sure. Uh, you got to think about it too. Uh, for somebody like, uh, if you're teaming up, you got more places to hunt, uh, you got more. Uh, you can take more off of some of the properties. Like there's certain properties on these guys that I'm filming. Uh, we don't even touch it until uh, November. It's like, Hey, let's just stay out of there, you know, and let's go hunt over here today. You know, and I have a, um, I think three or four different, uh, private spots that I don't mind to take anybody whenever. So, uh, I can take some, take them to my place or they take me there. Uh, just all depends really on weather. we base ele- everything off, weather. it seems like on the filming, you know, if it's raining, they actually make like rain covers for these cameras. Um, uh, but I've spent so much money on my stuff. I'm not even taking that chance. Uh, I may still go and take like a GoPro, uh, or one of my smaller cameras, but no chance I'm taking that big camera in the rain. Right.
1: The, uh, are you, you know, I wrap my, uh, not my sticks, but my platform and stuff in the hockey tape. And do you mm-hmm. have to do any of that with the arms and that kind of stuff? Or are
4: they pretty quiet? They're pretty quiet for the most part. Um, The one I used um, for the past uh, several years leading into this year uh, was a muddy outfitter arm. It has a really big base to it. And it almost has like a a ball joint type of situation. And then the arm just slides down in there and then you can rotate it on that ball joint. Uh, The one I got this year is called a lone wolf pocket arm. Uh, This thing is so small and so light. It literally fits in my pocket. Wow. Yeah. And And I've had almost a little bit of trouble with it uh the I think the second or third time I filmed this year uh it had just had like a traditional downpour I mean it rained so hard uh and this thing on the tree uh when I would move my camera a certain way it wanted to slide even I had it tight uh, the the strap as tight as I could get it it still wanted to slide off that bark and I was like I don't know if I like this but it's so much lighter taken into the woods than having a five pound camera arm base in my bag <laughs> and uh, to your
1: bag how I mean, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm just envisioning the camera, the GoPro. I know there's some of the stuff, small, mm-hmm. your arm, that kind of stuff. Um, another platform, are you guys haul? I guess when you have two people, you've got two bags, so you could almost reduce some of the load. Um, but is it, how much more stuff are you hauling up into the tree?
4: Well, uh, leading up into this year, um, I would keep like the camera arm, um, the base of the camera arm in my bag, in my backpack. Um, and I would actually bring my camera in, in the Canon bag that I have for it It has like designated, uh, padded squares in there for the camera. I would keep the GoPro in there with all the, its attachments. Uh, and then this year with saddle hunting, I couldn't really take another bag unless I wanted to put it on like my, uh, bow hoist or something like that, and then pull it back up. But it's just another thing I have to mess with. So, um, I actually have it. Uh, with that pocket arm being so small, I can put that in my bag. My backpack opens up like a book bag and it's got a sleeve in there. Uh, it's basically made to bring your bow in. Uh, and I slide the camera arm in that, in that, sl- that slot and I can buckle it. And then I actually had a, uh, I put like a sweatshirt down in my bag and I can put my camera right in there. I take the uh, external mic off of it so I don't break it off at the connector points. Um, but I can have all this stuff set up in just a matter of minutes just because I'm so used to doing it.
1: Fascinating.
4: <laughs> it, you could go endless possibilities. There's so many bags uh, and backpacks and situations out there that are obviously can make your setup a lot different than what I have. Right. So what else is there on this next level? I mean, as far as,
1: is it just become almost more of an experience type thing when you got a good cameraman and and good equipment and you know what works or.
4: Yeah, it could take it to a whole nother level compared to being just entry level. Your footage is going to be a lot different. If you have a cameraman, just to focus on that, you're probably going to get some stuff on camera as far as maybe it doesn't matter if you miss it, you still got it on camera. Um, you, you know, if you got maybe just cause you have a cameraman, you're, you're capturing moments that the cam, the guy in the tree may not even see, uh, you know, ne- you never know. Cause like you said, it's just no, a whole nother set of eyes. And if so many things are happening all at once, you never know what he's looking at to what you're looking at. Uh, and, and with you being close like that, uh, I, I even do a little tap sometimes like try to get their attention or like smack him with my foot or something. Me mean, the one guy that hunt together, one taps a doe, two taps a buck, three taps is multiple deer. We have like a Morse code. <laughs> that's awesome. No,
1: that, that's great. And Because that's another thing. I've always, I hear these guys talking in the tree. I mean, man, when I'm sitting up there, I am not making a sound. I'm afraid to pull, you know, my water bottle out because I'm afraid oh, of, right. if there's going to be any noise. Like, and, and now I'm not talking when there's deer, I'm talking period. Like, I don't, I'm trying not to make any noise. Um, right. But these guys that seem to have conversations in the tree, I always kind of wondered that. But that makes sense that you'd have some kind of almost self-code okay so I'm in full draw I pull back I'm ready to go you're filming me and um you know I've got that I'm good
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: but you're like no 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 like how do you guys communicate where it's like uh, you know don't go I've got a branch in the way or let it take another step or whatever I, I mean or is there a point where again you're back there to harvest a deer it's not as much about the footage but I mean, to me, at that, at that point when you've got two people out there and you spent that much time and effort, money and everything, it's like you want to get it done the right way. So
4: how do you communicate through that? As As quietly as possible. If, if, if I don't have the deer in frame or maybe it's out of focus, maybe I have a branch in the way uh, or something like that. I'll just say, no, 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 no. And then whenever I do get the green light, it's OK, go ahead, shoot, shoot, shoot. You know, um, I kind of ran into that a little bit um, in turkey season. Um, I was actually behind the gun, uh, in Michigan uh, up there and uh, somebody was videoing for me. Uh, and he said, when the bird turns, you can take him. So I'm thinking I'm good to go. Uh, I straight flattened this bird and the video, uh, he wasn't focused in all the way. It's still an incredible video to watch. I haven't posted that on uh, the YouTube yet. I'm going to wait for uh, spring to roll back around. Uh, but it's just a little bit out of focus, but you still get the point. You know, I'm not Hollywood. We're, we're regular blue collar guys uh, just trying to have fun with it and uh, make it a hobby. Um, me and a few guys do take it pretty serious, trying to get as much as we can on film because we do enjoy going back and watching it, especially when we got these youth guys out there um, capturing moments with these kids uh, can be so, so cool to go back and watch. So we do t- kind of take it, serious but uh, in those situations you just kind of gotta fly by the seat of your fans sometimes and try to get it done it can be hard man for sure yeah
1: there's definitely another element to this right hunting's got its own challenges the idea of getting a deer in or an animal in that close um, and then throwing that on top of it, it it's but th- like you said especially for kids in today's day and age to go share with their friends and that kind of stuff that would be so cool um, yeah yeah there's also part of me that's like, no, whatever happens in the woods stays in the woods, but um, <laughs> right. what, that's not the topic we're on tonight, right? So, <laughs> um, real quick, when it comes mm-hmm. to you got the, the footage done and, and all that kind of stuff, I hear these guys talk about how much editing and whatnot's involved. How, what does that look like on, on your end?
4: Um, What what programs do you use? And I tried to, there's several programs you can use. It all depends on, like we talked about earlier, if you have a Mac HP or whatever, uh, there's a ton of programs out there. Some of them can be expensive. Um, I don't really go the expensive route. Like I paid like 50 bucks for the one I got, and that's very cheap compared to some of these. I just wanted to be able to do some kind of editing to put all this together. Um, but I would say sometimes even like a, a 15, we'll say a 15 minute video can take me up to four to five, six hours to try to put it all together. Cause I want to make it look smooth. Uh, I may be adding audio. I may be taking audio out. Like we hunt a place right along I-70 that literally butts up to I-70. Uh, when we're in there trying to do stuff, all you hear is the, the interstate. Uh, so that can be difficult. So I try to mess with the audio as much as i can to where you're watching it you're like i can't watch this anymore because all i hear are semis you know so it, it definitely can be um, a daunting task trying to throw those videos together i'm just curious how did you learn to do all that does it just trial and error trial and error youtube um basically just learn it all myself learning it all by myself which can be really impossible so people like um when I started a podcast, I had absolutely no clue what I was doing, especially audio wise. Uh, I leaned on a few different people and it's been almost the same way uh, when it comes to video and hunts. I don't know if you know a guy named Kyle Campbell. Um, He was a cameraman for wired outdoors, which is an actual show. Um, And I blew his DMS up for ever bit of two or three months, just trying to get, uh, and he would send me links to things that I should get uh, and he helped me out a ton. So I definitely had somebody to lean on when it comes to that, for sure.
1: That's great. And uh, you're right. There's It's amazing the people in the industry that are are willing to help with that kind of stuff. So, definitely. Um, so anybody interested, you just get a hold of Brett Morris. He'll tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, that's funny. I'm afraid to even try TikTok. So uh, I opened up <laughs> iMovie one day on my, my computer, and I was so lost that after about three minutes, I turned it off and said, I'm not done doing this again. But... <laughs> um so kudos to you for learning how to do all that kind of stuff uh let's see here what uh, enough about the cameras and stuff brett what, what do you got going this year as far as your hunts and uh what are you looking forward to you got any any big bucks on the camera that you're scoping out or
4: yeah i got several um you know i normally run a lot of cameras in the summer um and i've learned to just quit doing that because it um makes me overthink certain properties because uh most of these properties uh, if they're a summer summer buck hangout uh that's not the case come fall uh and we got a couple that are over 150 that we're looking at um there's a couple other other properties that are a little bit smaller and then i got one i got one that's less than a mile from my house i just picked the farm up last year and i'm not exaggerating when i say this this deer may be pushing over 180 inches um, absolute stud. I watch him almost daily. I go drive around the block and see what he's doing. Uh, he's kind of disappeared on me here in the last couple of weeks. Um, uh, but it's something that I'm trying to, I'm going to try to get it done on him. Um, if I'm hunting that particular property, um, that's the only deer I'm shooting. Uh, and it would have to be a very large deer on another property for me to shoot. But that, that again, comes back to the camera stuff. I love being behind the camera. So, um, I, I'm mostly behind the camera uh <laughs> fantasy football bet i won a fantasy football bet week one of the nfl season uh i get one day that i know of november 5th i'm behind my bow and uh my neighbor adam's gonna be my cameraman for a day but uh, they're pretty cool switching it on and off but uh we got those big bucks we're looking at um i don't have any out of state um plans this year uh last year uh i i got it done uh the last week of october here in indiana and actually came to ohio uh, and shot a, a six pointer in Ohio last year uh, on some public land, had some fun with it, but I'm just ready to get back in the tree, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, no doubt on that. So when you're going after that 180 or, and you're going to on November 5th, are you taking your buddy to, uh, to that property? No. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no brainer. Cause we, so I'm expecting November 6th to see that video come up and uh, so we can all see what how it went down.
4: I hope so, man. I, I, I mean, Um, I heard that there was a big one in that area, um, last year, like I said, I picked the property up last year. Um, so, um, my neighbor knows some people that hunt around there and nobody had permission on that certain piece. They kind of used it as like a no-go zone, you know, nobody go in here. Uh, they bed at the bottom of this, uh, ridge and most of the properties that I hunt here are all pretty much flat, not a whole lot of elevation change. Uh, this place has some elevation change and goes from the top to the bottom. Um, but I hunted mostly on top last year. Uh, you know, and, and that's how it goes. When you hunt multiple properties, you got to figure them out. Uh, I'm going to go down low this year because <laughs> what I didn't know last year, I shot my buck on October 27th and on the way out, I thought eh, I always keep a card reader in my bag so I can check any SD card cameras that I have on the property. And after dragging that deer to the truck, uh, we checked one of the cameras and there was about three bruisers on there that were bigger than the one I shot. Do I regret it? Nah, not really. I still had fun with it, but uh, oh, I wish I would have held off a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Have
1: you gone out and gotten any of their sheds or anything like that?
4: No, I, I didn't find much sheds this year. Uh, we found a couple little ones, nothing nothing crazy. I, I'm like the world's worst shed hunter, I think. I never find sheds.
1: <laughs> Good. I'll let you and Paul go out, and you guys can wander around together like <laughs> three blind mice. But <laughs> oh, That's funny. So, Well, man, uh, let's... Uh now that we've we've hyped you up and, and all your videos and everything, let's uh get your information on where everybody can find your content, uh Go Wild, Instagram, any of that other stuff.
4: Yeah, your you podcast. can find uh, uh Blue River Bow Hunting uh on YouTube, uh Facebook, Twitter, Go Wild, TikTok, any pretty much anywhere that there's a uh a social media account, we have one. And then uh, we, we do a weekly show as well, the B- Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. I've had uh, Andrew on here. I've had Paul on a couple of times. Good stuff. Uh, it's, it's a fun, fun show. It's, a, it's based for the regular guy. I have regular guys that come on that nobody's heard of that get it done uh and share their stories and it's just i call it the regular i should have named it the regular guy podcast because i like having regular blue collar guys on just like me that you know work their ass off but then again they want to go work their ass off in the woods too yeah no it's
1: good stuff absolutely brett appreciate it man good luck this year like i said november 6th i'll be looking for uh, your video there on that deer and <laughs> uh yeah will we'll, we'll keep up with you here as we go
4: i appreciate it man take care
1: All right, so today, this evening, on the line, I've got Gage Hall. Gage, I think you're the first like three time participant on our show, so congratulations on that. But I'm
5: just that
1: good. You are, uh, but more importantly, congratulations on your uh, your deer. Yeah, thank
5: you, thank you. It was my first with my compound bow and ever.
1: That is awesome. You've had a big year when it comes to the the hunting and fishing woods. You have uh, took that gobbler back in in the spring that we had you on That was exciting. And uh, now you took down your first deer with a compound. So let's, uh, let's just talk about that real quick and how it went down and, and all that kind of stuff.
5: All right. So, um, so we got to start it off with the fact that um, we already had a stand back in the woods that we wanted to put the, our new tree stand in. Cause I knew that there were deer back and forth. Cause there's like a, lane back in the woods and me and my dad just put a double stand right on basically like 20 yards off that uh lane so me and dad walk in
1: so we're in a we're in a yeah. ladder stand right
5: yeah okay Not a normal tree stand we just because we split it off one to one side and one to the other gotcha and so uh we're walking into the stand and um I'm, I have, no, I was getting on first and we didn't really think about it because we have one higher than the other. And when I was unhooking, I clicked my um carabiner and dad saw two deer take off about 50 yards from us, the opposite direction. So I'm like, darn it. They were probably going to walk right up here. And we just walked in. We got up there, walk, wait, hour-ish. And I see a lot of like movement from fifty, sixty yards, right about where we saw those deer run off from. And so we're just waiting, waiting, because deer are like ghosts. I swear, like they disappear for a second; you don't know where they are. And it, it does exactly what we wanted to, and walks straight down this path. Um, about twenty-one yards, I think that said. And he stopped it. I don't know, like the perfect spot. How did, how did he
1: stop it? Did he say, "Hey, dear."
5: No, nah, because last year we we went, we were minting at him, and that had a really nice ten point in front of him. I think it was. He said, and when he minted at it, it just took off. Like and knew something was wrong. So we do like a like a ticking sound. I don't know, and that really stops them, and they really don't know what they're listening to. So they, he stops, and <laughs> I'm ready just because I've been practicing all summer, and I got a peep side, so I'm a little bit more accurate. I don't think that really helped because I was so, like, jittery. I, like, hit it really far back over, and I gut shot it, and it took off. We were like, dang it, and I'm just all uh, – and dad cussed when he said that um, he heard it go into the creek that was next to us because we had like a creek like 50 yards off this side and then a trail. So he thought he heard that, so he had to wait an hour. That is the longest hour I am pretty sure I've ever had to wait. Um,
1: oh, we, we all understand, buddy. I, I shot one or shot at one the other day. And I could have sworn it had been a half hour. I looked at it; it had been about seven minutes. So I get it.
5: Yeah, yeah, and so we get down. Dad's like, "Don't move," because he knew it wasn't a good shot. So I may or may not have moved and checked out my arrow. He was like, "What are you? Get back here!" Now. <laughs> was not very pleased with my actions.
1: So you so, found you found the arrow.
5: Yeah, um it was just in this clearing and you could cuz I have a white arrow, so you can tell that there was no blood and I was I was really really bummed. So we saw where it ran and it ran into this little like past this little pile of logs, I don't know. And you could just see the like bright red, bright red blood. And we're like confused because we knew it was a gut shot, so
1: So was there anything on the arrow?
5: Uh there was just uh guts and guts. stuff. Okay. Um just not really. No, I didn't see any red or blood at all. Finn, no, quit it. Um and so we just find the find the blood, just speck here, speck there. 10 yards and it opens up to really good blood. That's really hopeful right about now.
1: How far, how how long has it been since you shot it at this point? When you start finding that good blood?
5: Oh, since we shot it or tracked it, started tracking.
1: Since you shot it?
5: Uh, we found good blood at like an hour okay. after. And we're like, what do we do? Because we know it was a gut shot. We're finding pretty good blood, so we just keep tracking. About t- twenty, I'd have to say. It was just laying down in a, um, like a log. It was chilling under a log with a tree next to it, and it it got up and ran off, and I was like, "Oh my
1: god!" So you saw you saw it. It had bedded down, and then you guys jumped it.
5: Yeah, I'm like, when oh. I I saw it was. I saw, like, a big patch of blood. I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, let's just back out and wait 20 minutes because we bumped it. We saw good blood. So we thought that maybe getting it moving might have gotten it, like, uh, like more blood going because we thought it, I caught an artery.
1: Get the juices flowing, right?
5: Yeah, since uh, I caught an artery, what we thought. And back out and we have like a turn to go back to the um, road back to my aunt's where we parked. Dad could have, he said he, he saw um two ears just like swiveling back and forth. <laughs> and so I got a whole video of this. He's just bear crawling on over to where he thought it was um, and a raccoon felt like hey, let's go screw his day up. And so it just ran right on over and we didn't see that deer again until we saw it out in the field because there's a field on the other side of where, like, it's a trail, a little bit of woods and a big field. We saw three deer take off over in that field, none with blood. So because we thought that that had been one of the deer that I shot, like one of them was. So we get back. I didn't pack anything to eat, so I was chewing on some uh, Fritos for, like, ten minutes. <laughs> and we go back in, because it was starting to get kind of nightish, so we brought headlamps, because, like, you know, you could see the eyes sometimes, if it's dark enough, and shine light on it. We go back in, and there's just... Right when we um bumped it, I mean blood gushing everywhere because it, it was a clean pestle. You could see blood on both sides. It was it was really good. And then so we get to a spot, like a open-ish place with grass. And I'm like five yards behind Dad. And he looks back to me and smiles. I'm like, what, what, what? And he points. He doesn't say a thing because, like, it was kind of – we couldn't really tell. Cause we didn't want to take the same chance. So I put an arrow in my bow and I drew back and he walked around it and it was, it was dead. So
1: that's awesome. You know, I, I, I'm kudos to your dad, but uh, I've known him for a few years now. And one of the things I love is, is that he'll challenge people both at work and obviously with you to learn, he won't do it for you, right? He's going to help you and, and, and teach you how to do it right. Right. So, that's awesome, and that's great. So, have, have you killed deer before?
5: Uh, yeah. I've, I've shot, hang on, one, two, three, four, five, eight-ish deer, I think. Oh, wow. And okay. five.
1: That's five. Uh, but this was the first one with the compound, with the upright bow?
5: Yeah, because I've only used a crossbow before this in my gun.
1: Remind me, how old are you? 14? 13? Uh, 13? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So... What was tell me about the bow? How how many pounds are you shooting, and what kind of arrow, and all that kind of stuff?
5: Oh shoot! Last time I checked, I'm pretty sure it was like fifty pounds. Okay, forty five, fifty, and uh, we're shooting Magnus Stingers for broadheads. Just okay. I'm shooting uh, one hundred grains, and it's just a uh, I don't know. It's
1: they're fixed blades, right?
5: Yeah, they're it's a, just a double or. Single single blade with two bleeders. And then I don't know what I'm shooting for an arrow. It's like we're, we went with a heavier set because we've been seeing that heavier sets are better for deer because we're not shooting like 70 yards like an elk. So chain, my dad's shooting 560. I'm shooting like 400 okay. grain.
1: But look at that, man. You got a low lower on the draw weight and uh getting it done. That's that's awesome. And I, I for some of us uh might get a little macho meathead. Sometimes we think, oh, we'll just pull the the further and harder back we can pull, it the better. But you you showed us that that's uh not always the case, right?
5: And uh yeah, no, you just have to have a good shot and hopefully that brings it down.
1: Yeah. So, well that's awesome, man. So tell me what's it mean what's it mean to you? I remember the first one I killed with a compound and And, uh, I felt like a monkey was off my back and, uh, you know, it really, it's a major accomplishment.
5: Yeah. For me, I've had horrible luck for the past two years. Now on opening day, two years ago, I was back in behind my, behind one of my friend, my grandma's friend's house. And there's just a big plot of land over there and shot one. And I don't know. I, Dad calls it no man's land or something like no vitals, no anything. We tracked it into corn.
1: I know all about it. Yep.
5: Okay, so last year, a uh, really, really nice doe comes out, and I shoot it really far back. Again, so I'm, 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 I'm just really nervous when it comes to this. And Dad got the wrong yards, so it was um pretty sure twenty seven when I was aiming at twenty and so that made it really low, so I didn't get that one, and just getting this deer is just a, like you said, monkey off my back. It's it's really, wasn't the biggest deer, but hey, it's a deer nonetheless.
1: Absolutely, man. They're all trophies. Uh, some are just bigger than others, and it doesn't matter. It's a huge accomplishment to get an animal out there who's, you know, uh, his goal in life is to survive and to get him in close enough and, and to get the job done. That's huge. So congratulations to you, man. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, well, we, uh, we just want to get a quick update from you. I knew that this was big and it's always fun to hear the story and, and everything like that. So now that you got that one out of the way, you can go on to the, the next, next level. Okay. And, and I want to hear about that one when it happens too. Okay.
5: Yep. I will notify you on Go Wild yeah, buddy. at O2 Podcast.
1: And- <laughs> wow. well, thanks, Gage. Have a good rest of your season, and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon.
5: Yep. Yeah. Have a good one. yep Bye.